G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. With our AFL Fantasy podcast, it doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and Kays joins me back in the studio this week. How are you going, Kays? I'm back. Feeling fresh, nice to be out of the house. You sound so excited about being here. I actually am. Oh, really? It's actually like a treat to go somewhere else that's not like my actual house. Yeah, because you might be seeing a lot more of your actual Correct. house. Correct. It might be the last night for a while. So. <laughs> next few uh, weeks as well. So um, who knows? Uh, yeah, a bit of a COVID situation developing down here in SA, as is everywhere else really. So I know 18 months on, we're still going through this, but it is what it is. It's uh, it's life these days and it hopefully is. there's some light at the end of the tunnel soon, but uh, we just have to keep plugging away. Um, so yeah, shout out to all our listeners that are in actual lockdown which is mm-hmm. probably more Victorian Sydney at the mm-hmm. moment. And we're in a pretty soft lockdown at the moment, but it could get a lot tougher in the next 24 hours. So we'll have to wait and see. But anyway, uh, look, the more important news, I guess, at the moment is the fact that my team, the Hoofers, defeated your team, not much chop, in our home keep league on the weekend. Rob's. Case. Mm. What happened, mate? You had a top two spot sewn up and now it's in doubt. What's, uh, yeah. what's going on? I need to win and results to go my way this week to uh, get that second chance. Look, to be honest, mate, your team played out of their skin. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I did wait for a few of your players to not front up and that's probably the only reason I won. But uh, uh, yeah. Well, when you have Jack Stiller's captain with 149, that helps. And then all of a sudden, Sam Menegola decided to play football again, 129. Carly Amon, your boy, 131. Scott Luss at 108. He yeah. did have some real stinkers, as you usually do. But yeah. look, Jack McRae probably needs a bullet. He uh, 90 from... That's three uh, weeks captain, in a row, isn't uh, it? Two, is it two? No, three weeks in a row. He's yeah. in the 90s, so he's been disappointing. Uh, so it's probably a bit of bad coaching too. Uh, so obviously Callum Mills was a laid out. If Callum Mills played, I won uh, because Devin Smith was on my bench and uh, that was a 38 point that replaced him. But look, I made some bad calls. If I had if I had Mills in the back line, Rampy would have come in, scored 71, I would have won. Had him as a um, utility. Even Matt Rowe's shitty 53 would have got me a win. You know, I didn't have Jeremy Sharp on my bench. You know, like I just – there was yeah. some bad coaching mistakes that happened. So, yeah. it is what it is. But uh, Mills, I was uh, – yeah, I played golf yesterday morning and like was basically like driving back and, you know, like heard the news that Sydney and GWS guys had gone into whatever and I was like, oh, I better not be coming. Because <laughs> I knew our game was tight. I knew our game yeah. was tight. And I was like, man, I need, if the, I need one guy to front up. <laughs> It's Millsy, and he um, unfortunately likes rugby unions, so um, yeah, might have to find a new team for him next year. No good. A minus three, you'd say, for liking. Minus three for sure, yeah. Well, but, I'm, uh, a, I'm a coach with the utmost integrity when it comes to uh, our keeper league, and I'm just absolutely wrapped that I've jumped up from second to bottom to eighth. Uh, and really? just ruin my draft position. Yeah, I jumped like three spots. So you <laughs> so have like, to tank real hard next week. I don't think I can. Like, I think I've stuffed myself. So I reckon I've, I've given away my number two or in the, in the lottery mm-hmm. to, uh, yeah, to have jumped a few teams there. So, um, yeah, might not have the draft hand. I was thinking of, I was a legit, legit chance of getting Dacos next You're year. You're going Dacos horn. Dacos yeah, exactly. Horn. One, one of those two was coming to me. and now no, I, you're not going to get either I of them. screwed it by beating you. Now, so I hate Callum Mills as well, essentially. So, so even though I lost, it's still a win because you, you're exactly. gonna, it's going to hurt you. I got fucked over oh, either. Accuracy. Sorry, yeah. I'm feeling much better yeah, now. Exactly, it hurts me probably more than it hurts you. That's for sure. But uh, anyway, uh, we decided not to do anything with our laydouts. We had a bit of chat on Twitter about it, but uh, yeah, we decided just you know what happens. You know, like if someone catches a cold and can't play, they got to mm. they have 14 days off. It's you know if someone uh, someone I don't know 
Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. sucks. It just sucks because there's five five of them that are laid out. Yeah, but I suppose I it's no different if someone if they got like gastro or something like that. Yeah, and that's happened. It, it got close to that happening a few times. But yeah. it just hurts that obviously the the leading coach in our league who's got Josh Dunkley. Obviously, it's bad that he's out for two weeks. But at least he knows now. Yeah, you know, like so you, when you when it's last minute, like, you know, I probably couldn't have done anything with Mills, but potentially for the the last few games of this season, I think you'd probably want to be doing. Um, Rolling lockouts if you could. But even with that, because it's the last game of the round, we couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but like if it happened on a Saturday night or something like that instead yeah, true. Where, where you could do something. I'm just trying to f- – what's happened happened and, I, and, and it wouldn't have affected the result. But I'm just kind of thinking ahead if you – any way that you can try and keep everyone a bit happy in your league is probably a smart move. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, before we move into the show, uh, we'll talk about our live show next Tuesday. Uh, at this stage, it's still going ahead, but mm-hmm. uh, apparently lockdown uh, restrictions are going to be talked about on Friday. Um, we're probably a little bit doubtful that it is actually doubtful. going to go ahead, but we'll keep it. We'll keep it. We, 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 we've got up until the last minute to cancel if we there need we to. So uh, we'll keep it going. We are planning to give away some um, Zambero vouchers, uh, a couple of boxes of Remedy Kombucha, and a few T-shirts to anyone who wants to rock up. We'll have a bit of a competition running. Uh, but yeah, like if it goes ahead, it does, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. We'll just play it by year. Hmm. So um, stay tuned to our social media and our uh, our Facebook page. Um, yeah, and that will give you a few more details if it is going ahead closer to the date. Now, for the people that just listened to well, listen to the Wave Wire podcast last mm-hmm. night because this mm-hmm. podcast uh, comes out the next day. So for the gold members, you would have heard that I uh, left uh, two bottles of Remedy Kombucha in the freezer for uh, probably close to two hours. And we were a bit uh, worried that they might actually explode um, before... The, uh, before I got to them, but uh, look, Kaiser just cracked his and give us a give us a synopsis. How's it how's it going? It's perfect. It's got some of those little flighty floaty icy bits. Yep, it's actually the perfect way to drink kombucha. Yeah, it really is. Like if you take it out with, well, you need the shard down the middle of yep. ice. Not yep. so much that you can't get any out, yep. so you, but you're just getting the sweetness, sweetener bits. But uh, yeah, the bit of shard that keeps it cold throughout the whole podcast because yeah, it totally lasts me the whole podcast and not just the first ten minutes because uh, I don't just guzzle it down as soon as I get it. But uh, you're like yeah. a three kombucha podcast guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I need. I limit myself to one, but I could easily do three for sure. I love it that much. Uh, I was drinking the mango passion this week, and uh, yeah, if you want to get your hands on some mango passion as well, uh, head to uh, remedydrinks.com/au/shop and use the coupon Keeper twenty and get twenty percent off your Remedy Kombucha purchase. And free shipping. So, what a bargain. We actually had a, uh, a listener send in uh, a photo of his uh, Remedy shipment uh, arriving on his front doorstep today using our coupon, Keeper20. So, good on him. Thanks for making us look good for our sponsors as well. Uh, you know who you are, but uh, we don't want to give away too much personal information but uh, yeah, you know who you are <laughs> anyways uh, another I guess one of our sponsors uh, Zambrero is also looking after the listeners uh, we have another winner of two burritos one for them and a mate this week so congratulations to Paul Erickson from Swansea in Tasmania now Kaze you are the uh, the geography buff I always mm-hmm. thought Swansea was in Wales yes but obviously I'm wrong it's in Tasmania it's in Tasmania the original one's in Tasmania is it the original of course it's not, but, you know, <laughs> for this for this point it is. Uh, beautiful um, east coast of Tasmania there, just in the Freycinet Bay, which would be an absolute beautiful place to live. So, uh, very nice going there, Paul. It looks like a fantastic spot. I haven't been there, but uh, did a Tassie trip ages ago. We did uh, Marion Bay Falls, which just trying to get my geography around. It's a bit further south, more towards Hobart, but... Uh, 
Yeah, that Freysonate Bay is one place I want to go back. I reckon when this whole thing is over, this whole COVID thing blows over, mm. uh, I'm going to head to Tasmania because there's quite a few mates and like you know, friendships you've kind of made through this podcast, uh, people down there that I haven't actually met before, but people mm. you talk to on the, the texts and chats and stuff like that, uh, go down and have a beer with a few of them. Plus, I've heard it's got good food, good booze, um, good spot. scenery. Yeah. So, I'm it's into, I'm into Some my, of the best driving I've ever yeah, done. Yeah, in I'm Tasmania. into my hiking, into my walking, into my the scenery and stuff from, like that. We so. do Hobart to... Uh, strawn one night one day one it was perfect it was amazing yeah was I need to go check beautiful. it out but anyway uh, enough talk about uh, Tasmania this isn't a tourism Tasmania <laughs> advert this is a bloody Zambro it it's a bloody Zambro tourism Tasmania Actually, yeah, if they want to jump on board too we'll, we'll probably send a few people uh, down there just on the back Including of this podcast us, yes. if the Remedy can push anything to go by but yeah if you want to enter our uh, burrito competition head to keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambro sign up there and uh, you could be in the running to win yourself a burrito for you and a mate All right, into the round rewind, the segment where we review all the rounds, games, and talk about the Keeper League relevant players that have popped up throughout the round. So I will kick it off, Kays, uh, the Fremantle versus Geelong game from Thursday night last week. And the first player I'm going to talk about is one of your favourites, and that's uh, Quinton Narkel. You talk he about is. him a lot. You talk about him a lot more than I do. You give him a lot more credit than I do. Yeah. Yeah. He sparkles. Yes. He sparkles from, scores well from 50% time on ground. Correct. Then can never get more than 50% time on ground. points per minute game. Yeah. Uh, amazing. He lifted it a bit this week. Uh, his time on ground, that is. Uh, scoring kind of remained the same, but he had 97 points, uh, rotating between midfield and forward, and kicked a goal too that kind of boosted his score nicely there. But yeah, he had 70% uh, time on ground, which isn't huge, but for Narkles, it's kind of good. So, it is. Yeah. But um, look, he scored well this week. Uh, do I trust him to be best 22? Probably not at this stage, not long term anyway. Um, and I don't trust him to score well despite his points per minute scoring potential. Um, but, you know, one to watch because he did put up a good score and could go okay in the coming weeks if he can kind of maintain this role and maintain a spot on the side. Uh, so he's out of contract in the end of the year. Oh, so which does make work. him quite uh, relevant, I think. Yeah, so he could get traded somewhere. Where is he from? Perth. Yeah. He could be a sneaky uh, good player at somewhere like Fremantle. Yeah, Frio or West Coast, who are now mm. not as good, apparently. Correct. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, next one is uh, Luke Darehouse. And he had 91 points playing. I think it was a high half like forward role because he, he seemed to cut. Because like, there was times where he cut off a heap of kicks coming out of uh, the opposition defence, um, out of Frio's defence. And then he did some nice like chase down tackles on the wings as well. Um, so, But, yeah, it was weird because I think he had a bit of midfield time on the back of that too because he was around the contest a lot too. But I don't think he had any centre bounce tenances from memory. But, I don't know, he seemed to be up the ground a lot more anyway but yeah it was a good game from him um, just someone like Luke Dearhouse you probably want him to back it up a little bit more that's all because mm-hmm. um, he's shown glimpses well in the past and then he kind of shows flashbacks to the where he was as like a second third year type player um, but doesn't seem to get there consistently so yeah not getting too high on him just yet but a good performance to be the cap to him at the moment and uh, Mark O'Connor uh, 78 points and uh, look one of his better scores playing against uh, playing as a defender so he's uh, been used as a tagger a little bit through our this season, uh, what Dossie calls the mock lock um, earlier this year, but it uh, wasn't tagging, but put up a decent scoring defence. Um, so, yeah, I think he's probably someone who is worth owning just in case he, you know, just as a loophole or a, you know, um, a bench defender kind of cover option because he can put up some big scores if he's going into the midfield, but he showed on the weekend that he can actually put up a half decent score in defence as well. So, I don't mind Mark O'Connor. Kays, let's move on to the Richmond versus Brisbane game. Yes, uh, I've got to start off with Jack Rewalt's 113. So, look, when you kick six goals, you're probably going to have a decent fantasy score. Look, someone like Rewalt, we've spoken about it all year. 
these are the, the games that he can play. I think it's just more of a tip of the cap for him in his 300th. Um, he's had a bit of a, an average season by his standards, even for uh, you know a key forward. Has pumped out a couple hundreds, but has had a few quiet games in between there. Look, if you're looking ahead to a flag, uh, look, he does have North Melbourne coming up and they play the Hawks in round 23, assuming nothing changes. So a handy one to potentially have um, you know, in your forward line round 23, but uh, well done, Jackie, in your 300th. Another Jack, Jack Graham, 97 points from him. Obviously, that's a, a nice score. Had the 19 touches and two goals. Uh, picked up some of the midfield slack after Dusty went off uh, in that third quarter. So, big question is, does he continue to do this? Um, seems like a question we ask each time one of the Richmond midfielders gets injured, uh, and then he often lets us down. Then we know Shane Edwards comes back in, this week, so I just don't know what's going to happen with Jack Graham. Um, looking through his scores for this season, it's just been a bit disappointing. He's had a few hundreds, yes, but look, if, you, if you're a 70, 80 average midfielder, it's it's a tough, tough ask, and I'm actually happy to not be an owner of him at the moment. Hef, what do you do with someone like Jack Graham? Uh, yeah, look, if you look at this performance, without those two goals, this is a score of like 79, you know, mm-hmm. just barely 80. So, I don't know, he's too up and down for mine. It depends on the depth you've got in your midfield. You have a pretty strong midfield, don't you? Yep. And you own him. It's Probably on the borderline of getting put back to the draft pool, I think. Big time. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, Matty Parker, 68 points from him. Uh, he came in and tackled his ass off, which is just what he's been doing in the VFL. Uh, had seven tackles and 12 touches on the weekend. Look, he was never really a big fantasy scorer at the Saints. I think he was a bit of a uh, classic hype guy when he came in. But uh, look, he's going to be a solid role player for the Tigers, but not for me from a fantasy point of view. Just a real pressure forward. Just interesting, he did get a quite a bit of midfield time in this game. So just having that role, um, I guess there is a potential there but as we've seen you know center bounces and midfield time doesn't always equate to midfield time uh, sorry scoring time but uh, I don't mind the role that's I, all. and yeah but look if you're, you're 68 it's an okay score but you know seven tackles he's got to be doing that each week you yeah. know, minimum to be pushing up from here you know he's got the potential but especially with Dusty out he might try to cover a bit of a hole there but you know I, I wouldn't be betting on it, that's all. Yeah. Uh, Dan Rioli, just interesting enough, played off the halfback line. He had 59 points. It looked okay back there without being too dominant. Uh, had 19 touches, 12 of those being handballs. So, look, provided some run and drive back there. Um, solid enough to probably hold his spot, but I just don't know if it's a overly fantasy-friendly role playing that second or third um, Richmond halfback flank. You know, what we've seen with, you know, Basha Huli's always got big numbers, which has affected Jaden Short. And now Jaden Short's the big man back there. Um, he's the he's the big point taker. So I don't know if I love that Rioli role, but um, you know, just want to monitor if you are if you're keen. Um, and then the only other one uh, for the Lions is Jack Payne. He's uh, only the keeper relevant one. The uh, everyone else is a, is too good for the pod. But look, he scored well, but did in turn turn over a lot. Had 16 touches and nine marks. Uh, seven of those intercepts, which is very nice, but. His 50% disposal efficiency was the issue on the night. Look, an emerging key back. Um, I don't mind the key backs, but just not him just yet. So I'm happy to let him go. Uh, just from realised I didn't talk about any uh, Freo players at the top of the pod, but that's just because the only ones that scored well also were just two G4P. So no one. Yeah, it was a bit that's of a classic Fremantle. It was a bit of a nothing. Yeah, it was a bit of a nothing game for Fremantle. Really, like no nothing. No one really stood out. So that's why I didn't mention any. Uh, apologies to the Freo supporters out there after that uh, performance. But anyway, uh, we'll get on to St Kilda versus. Port Adelaide and just want to chime in at the top I hope a few people took my Carl Amon as a captain option in their leagues this week uh, I didn't because I didn't even better score in Jack Steele like, going back to the top of the pod you said Jack Steele went big 
And you forget how good it is having a captain that can consistently go big and how much mm. of a difference it actually makes to your side. If you've got a captain that goes, you can potentially like, you know, go 150 every three or four, you know, five weeks type thing. Geez, you put up some good scores. <laughs> it uh, makes a big difference. Yeah, Jack McRae, you remember what that feels yeah. like? Well, we had a guy in our league who basically got to a grand final on the back of just Tom Mitchell in that huge year he had. His mm. team was not that good, but Tom Mitchell just kept putting up great scores. And he was getting 150 each yeah, week. That's just, three bank and 300 yeah, points there. Just got him up there the whole time. So crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, Carl Amon's 130 was still pretty good too. Uh, on to some port players uh, as well though. Trent McKenzie, he had 96 points and he was just chopping out in defence. Took nine marks and had 20 kicks and a few kick-ins too. Um, he's just worth owning if he consistently get a game. Um, watch the uh, off-season trade rumours though because uh, the rumour is Porter chasing another uh, key defender, someone who's a bit taller. So um, mm. yeah, I don't, I don't want to throw a name into the ring but I've heard a few things but I don't want to be completely wrong about that. So Please <laughs> put a name out there and be completely <laughs> nah. wrong. I'll tell you off air, but uh, and you can you can mull it over. How important do you think you are, Hollywood? <laughs> no, nah, not at all. I just don't want to. Be, I just want to make an idiot of myself. That's all. More than anything, I think everyone wants you to make an idiot of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll move on. Uh, Riley Bonner had eighty-seven points, uh, and it, the actual real reason is because I want the guy who told it to me to have the exclusive if he gets it right. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Riley Bonner, eighty-seven points. Uh, just provide a lot of runoff halfback. Uh, actually, um, used the ball okay for a change and had seventy percent disposal efficiency, which is actually quite good for him. Uh, um, seven kicks, seven handballs, and six marks. He plays a fantasy-style game. Just needs to play well enough to get a game. That's the thing. Um, he's been putting up his hand uh, at Sample level the last few weeks. I think he was averaging 102 at mm. that level. Um, and, you know, players playing a similar position. Um, he's ahead of Hart at this point, but I heard on the radio today he's actually playing in the midfield in the twos at the moment. And strangely enough, they said it because it suits his pace a bit more. So, uh, actually, yeah. funny, yeah, he was on the Channel 10 News or something when I was yeah. in lockdown. And they interviewed him, Hartlett, and he said, yeah, I'm playing Sandful. I'm not putting my hand up for the AFL for another few weeks because yeah. I've got an injured quad and I can only run at 80%. So, therefore, I'm only good enough to play Sandful, but I'm not good enough to play AFL level. And he didn't want to rest for two weeks to get his quad back to be healed because he'd lose two weeks of match fitness. Yeah. So, he's basically playing um, at 80%. At the moment, it's just funny though. Like you, th- you think about it, like, and it kind of makes sense when you do think about it. But he's saying that he can't play on the halfback flank mm. in the twos. He needs to play in the midfield because there's less, I guess, burst running. Yeah. Involved. So he said he didn't want to play halfback in the AFL because he couldn't keep up with like a McDonald yeah. Tip and Woody or someone like that. Yeah. Okay. That was the the, ah, the small okay. forwards in the AFL are too quick. Yeah. Whereas he can plot along in the sandfall and just get um in the midfield and still get heaps of kicks. Yeah. Uh, that probably makes more sense. I get it now. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Miss Georgiades, uh, eighty points. What a great game from this kid. Uh, kicked four goals. And uh, the, the issue is he only had five kicks and five marks. So, you know, that's the life of a key forward, really. Um, I think he's definitely going to be... I guess early on we thought he might not have to be a goal-dependent forward. But the more I look at him now, I think he's going to be a goal-dependent uh, kind of taller forward to actually score well in fantasy. He'll get more opportunities um, as he progresses, I, I, I think. Because like, he's starting to take some really good grabs now. So, we have more opportunities at goals as he gets a, gets a bit bigger. Um, he's got a great pair of hands. Just needs a, probably a little bit of size on him before he starts to dominate. But I don't know if you want to lose that athleticism either. So, mm. it's a tough one. But, uh, yeah, I think he's got uh, a bit of game about him. Not someone you'd feel super comfortable about starting any 
anytime soon. But, you know, a loophole option uh, at best for now just because he has the potential to go big. And the last one for this game, we'll talk about a St. Kilda player, and that's Jimmy Webster. Okay, he had 77 points. He just keeps doing it each week. He's getting his hands on the footy, coming out of defence. Uh, uses a lot by foot. Uh, he's got a good ratio there. Um, kicked a goal this week too. He's averaging 82 over the last month. So I think owners would be pretty happy with him right now. You like, well, I think there's a bit of chatter about Webster right now, the group ch- or the group chat that I'm no longer in. Is that correct? Or one of our, the guy who owns him really loves him. The guy who owns him loves him. Yeah, yeah. And which is fair enough. He's playing well. Uh, but like, I don't, I'm not getting excited about him because he's, this is his upper limit. And yeah. he's 29, so... That's, yeah, you'll keep... I keep forgetting that because <laughs> we talk about that every week, but, uh, yeah. It's like Jimmy Webster and Brent Daniels should be the cover boys of Keeper League. Yeah, they're never going to be 2G, Correct. are they? Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the next game. Yes, the Gold Coast Suns versus the Doggies, and God, do we have to talk about my boy, Jeremy Sharp. 123 points, 30 touches, uh, 24 kicks as well at 90% disposal efficiency. That is some hot shit. Also took 10 marks. Uh, he had 518 metres gained and was uh, was the third best on ground. So just absolutely covered the ground. Look across the wing and the half back. So he played a bit more of that um, Oleg Markov style role because he was out this week. So the big question is, did he play it better than Markov? Because uh, the 90% disposal efficiency is, is very, very good going. I'd so, say he did for one week anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. and he played against the dog, so it's, it's a good quality side to play yeah. against. So I'm super pumped for Sharp. Um, look, that halfback role is always a bit easy to score in the wing because um, you can get kind of stuck on your wing and a bit harder to get all the time. But look, what we've known from Sharp is he's an elite junior Um you know, so definitely get on board if you can. I think he's only maybe 50% owned at the moment. So um, I'd be looking at him if you are looking for a stash for next year for sure. Uh, Braden Fiorini had 109 points. Look, he had 32 touches, six tackles. Uh, the big thing about his game is his tackle numbers have gone up this season. Obviously, yeah, a bit of a thing that Stewie Jew wanted him to do. Is he 2G for PHAF? Well, I think he is, but if you look back at the preseason pods, uh, I wanted to talk about Braden Fiorini in the Gold Coast episode, and you said no. You said I'm not talking about Braden Fiorini. Irrelevant. Well, he is irrelevant. He's not going to not going to play. Not going to be good enough to get a game. Well, now you want to, and now you want a two G four PM. Well, statistically, he has th- to be two G four. Thank you, our listeners, an apology for they probably uh, so many people out there just missed him because on the back of the Oracle's words, you know, they, they take uh, right. that shit like gospel. So know? if I apologise for Fiorini, will you apologise to someone later in the show? <laughs> uh, uh, I think I know who that player is, yeah. and uh, we'll have a chat about that when we get to it. Right? Okay, so no apologies <laughs> just yet. Uh, Nick Holman had 98 points. He had 16 touches and three goals. Also laid four tackles. So he's putting together a very good month. Uh, he's averaging 70 in his last five. And what's probably most important, he's scored well against two good teams the last couple of weeks in the the Dogs and this, uh, the Giants. So um, he's playing that bit more mid, mid roll and up forward. So um, yeah, fantastic for him. Look, he's a bit older um, and I'm not necessarily sure I'm going to trust it going forward, but he's definitely worked his way into that best 22. Like the, he's not borderline, um, you know, on the fringes in that side anymore. So one you could kind of pick up, uh, he's pretty low um, ownership as well I think around the 30 or 40% so look he's another one you could just ride on the back of some good form um, if you did need a forward going forward uh, Benny Ainsworth got back to some good form he had 88 points and probably showing us what he should have been doing from round one because uh, it's kind of the stuff he was getting to at the back end of 2020 which really caught my attention then look he's a very good high half forward um, he had 13 touches all of them being kicks also got those seven marks and kicked three goals. So I'm going to tell you again, I'm going to keep the faith again with Ainsworth. Um, he's going to be a forward again next year. So look, I hope he can improve off this and um, yeah, hope he can just 
actually pull his finger out. I think getting dropped to the twos kind of work him up a bit. So you own him, right? I own him, yes. Yeah, and you're keeping him for next season. I would say so. Yeah. My forward line's pretty scarce. Yeah, fair enough. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, Matty Rao had 53 points. And I'm probably footy-wise, he's actually playing okay. Um, look, he had 16 touches, 13 of them are handballs. But the big one was he had seven clearances. So he was good in the in the trenches for the Suns, you know, in comparison. I think the most was nine and Took Miller had eight for that side. So he's getting the ball out. Amazingly, he had negative one metres gain. Yeah, so me. he's just extracting, getting it back. And look, I know it's tough. Um, believe me, as an owner, I know. But I think you just got to be patient. Um, you know, just pop him on your bench for the rest of the season. Don't, don't think about him too much because I think – uh, another preseason under his belt in 2020, well, 2022, I should say, will be much brighter for Matty Rao. And lastly, uh, Jamara Ugelhagen had 60 points, kicked three snags, had eight touches. Um, probably that game, you can see why he went and won. He just moves beautifully, has great instincts. I think I said it last week. You just got to wait a few years, though. Uh, I think probably two two or three years you really see the best of him. So if you can stash him, do it. Like for, for instance, our leg, I reckon he'd be a great rookie list pickup next season where you get him kind of for free um, in his second and third year and um, you can inject him into your team in, in the fourth season. He went stupidly high in the podcasters league. Yeah, like guess who drafted him? Who? Doss. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, it looks like it's someone that you'd be pretty hard to keep in your top 20 players, especially with, in a deep league like that where most most of us have 20 good players yes. in there. So, um, yeah, might be a bit tough. But, uh, yeah, definitely in our leagues where you can kind of stash them for an extra year or something like that, uh, very, very handy. Uh, we'll move on to Melbourne versus Hawthorne. Uh, first up, oh, I feel like I talk about this guy every week, Bailey Fritch. Um, well, not every week, but every second or third week, I reckon. But, yeah, he kicked three goals to get there. Um, but it's a real similar story with Fritch because he needs goals to actually score well in fantasy. So I, I worked this out. Um, in, in games where he's kicked two like two or less goals, he's averaging 40 in those games. Mm. Okay, And then games where he's um, kicked three or under, he's averaging 46 in those games. Okay, but when he's kicked uh, when he's kicked three or more, he's averaging seventy seven. So um, yeah, basically he needs to kick three goals to do anything in the fantasy world. So I think he's a player that you just need to stream against the weaker defenders and then uh, bench him when he's not looking like he's kicking three goals. To kick three goals. Three goals is Definitely. a genuine day out. Definitely, but he's done it like well, he's done it, I think four or five times mm. this year. But yeah, if you need to do that to kick goals, then yeah, sorry to score fantasy points, you're probably not going to do that well overall uh james jordan had 69 points uh, which is a very nice score um seems to be playing in defense a bit lately i think uh i don't know i could have just only been attention when he was getting kicks in the defensive 50 but i was looking at his running patterns so he'd get a touch on the half back and he didn't seem to kind of push back up to the wing he'd kind of direct traffic and move around the half back line so i don't know i'm i'm, I'm bad at tra- uh, checking um wing attendances when I'm like I'm always looking at the centre bounces and I just never look at the wing and then also I'm generally up grabbing a beer or doing something at the every time there's a goal kicked or something like that so uh, or, drink a lot of beers then. or checking my fantasy score you know something like that and then by the time I look back at the TV the bounces already happened but uh, yeah look if he does get defender status it's going to be pretty handy for next season I think he just might have to play a bit more time back there before he gets at that tour um, Lucky Bramble uh, he had 73 points and he's uh, not as big as last week uh, I think he turned up the week before but uh, look coming out of fence um, he's good user moves well um, I doubt he would have been drafted by too many leagues in too many leagues this year um, so yeah if you don't play waivers he should be in a lot of drafts next season I reckon he would be a good get uh, if he keeps point less he'd be close to a first rounder in our draft so big time yeah yeah especially well he's got forward status at the moment in fantasy but he'll probably get defender status in mm. um, it's weird they gave him forward status after like one week and I don't know he looks pretty defended to me but well yeah I think all those injuries kind of forced them yeah to true it's only been two weeks he's been back there 
but yeah. Anyways, let's move on to uh, North Melbourne. Was this a Sunday game? Sunday game. Jeez, four games on a Sunday. Yeah, it's Not too many. F- it's just they overlap too much. Like yeah. you can't watch. Like usually, I at least watch half of each one, or I'll pick one and then watch the game. You know, mm. I watch the early one and then watch the late game. But yeah, you just can't watch more than you could just they overlap too much. Didn't Pretty like feast. it. Wasn't a fan. Uh, yeah. So North Melbourne, Tar and Thomas had 126 points. He had an absolutely dominant first half. Um, had 15 of his 23 touches before half time, and he's becoming a genuine player. Um, seven tackles, three clearances. And he might actually even become like a fantasy relevant player because we always had him pegged as a bit of a uh, quality over quantity uh, player. And look, his scores potentially reflect that, you know, this season. But when you look at it even deeper, he's had some really quiet quarters or he's just like what happened on the weekend just went absolutely bananas and they just dropped off a bit. So yeah. if he can string four quarters together, he could be something special. Uh, he's averaging 89 in his last five and I think he'll definitely keep that forward status. So he's going to be one of the, the better forwards, I reckon, in um, fantasy next season. The big question is, is he 2G4P? Good question. 89 in his last five. What's he averaging? Uh, total. Oh, yeah. I have to dig this up. Yeah, exactly. Just because the criteria for 2G4P is really, if you go three weeks 80 plus and you're averaging over 80, you're generally 2G4P. He's averaging 76.3. He's gone 86, 88, 126. You can kind of bend the rules a bit. 580 plus is his 2G. Look, if he's not going to score a big score against Carlton this week, he never will. All right. So, we're going to leave him for one more week. Yes. Okay. I think he's already there, but I'm happy to give one more week. I hope they're playing Carlton. All these fixtures are fucked. Um, <laughs> Luke McDonald had 90. Uh, so he's still out in the wing. Uh, so he's not in the halfback flank just yet, but at least there was a score from him this week. Um, he matched up on Nick Cox and he's kind of as good as he's been in patches. He's um, conceded some big fantasy points to his opposition out there lately. So the uh, McDonald kind of um, feasted against the youngster there. But look, he had 26 touches and yes, a good score's there. But unfortunately, if he's going to stay on the rest, of, if he's going to stay on the wing for the rest of the year, it's goodbye back status for next year and hello irrelevancy in a way because you're not going to keep a guy who's maybe his best score is 90, 100. He's, the wing, wingers are a hard, hard business in a keep. Um, and look, if he's going to play, well, he's played three games, three or four games now, he's going to play another three or four. And if he's not at, if, no, if he's not in that back line at all, um, he's going to be a mid only next year. I'm just so dirty on Jack Zebel for killing his uh, spot in defence. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, Curtis Taylor, 83 points, uh, was his probably best game of the year, and he's had a bit of a disappointing season in all. I thought he was one who could have a big jump this year. Just haven't quite seen it. Uh, kicked two goals and uh, 15 touches. Um, just hasn't really hit the scoreboard. So um, good to see him hit the, the scoreboard on the weekend, and there's some positives there. Possibly still a, a year away, still only 21-22, so a uh, slightly built kind of guy. So can take a bit of time to develop. So um, I'd, I'd keep Curtis Taylor on your kind of um, black book for next season. So this next one is not on the show, dog, but uh, look, friend of the podcast, Trent Dumont. Mm. How much leeway are we giving him after the injury? Because he's close to B2P status. He would be very close to him. What do you have, 45 or something? Yeah, something like that. He's not gone. I think he's had one 80-ish score. So he started the season off when he spoke to us with a calf injury, wasn't it? Yeah, and he only came in halfway through the season. But do we give him some leeway? I'm happy to give him for the year because we've seen time and time again, when you don't get a preseason in, you're so far behind the eight ball. Especially in a preseason that was shorter than normal as well. So you've got even less time than normal So potentially someone like Dumont there, like obviously he's going to be long-term North Melbourne player and he's a very good player. Maybe that'll just be like, we're just trying to easy through the rest of the season, get some fitness up, get some touch up. Um, and 2022 is a year, Trent. 
I traded him out. I traded him in, sorry, for Isaac Smith a couple of weeks ago because I figured I'd just get someone who's a bit younger. Mm. They'll probably both be mid only next year, or they both will be mid only next year. So I figured uh, I'd do that, but I thought I might get a better return from him in the last few weeks, but uh, yeah. hasn't got there. He'll anyway, come back. Froggy's yeah. a good lad. Yeah. Uh, Peter Wright, 105 points from him, and very nice little uh, cameo from two leader Peter. Uh, his third ton of the year, and like all tall forwards this season, he's had some great games and some absolute stinkers. But what I like about Peter Wright going forward is his ruck forward DPP. I think he's going to be one of the perfect ruck forward um, combinations, you know, going forward. Uh, look, on the weekend, he had 20 touches, seven marks, 10 hitouts, and three goals. And yes, that's a very good day out, no matter who you are. But if you can make the case of someone like Pete Laddams, could you make the case of someone like Peter Wright? He's he's put up three tons. Yes, he's had some average games, but you know, ruck forward status can be a, a very handy DPP to have as a slider or some backup. I oh, know. I think you can barely make the case for Peter Laddams, can you? You made a case <laughs> for him this year. Yeah, I know. But oh, this year, just if he plays full time, the thing with Laddams is he's just not a good player. He's just a good fantasy scorer. So he's not going to play the time. But we're talking about Peter Wright, obviously. Um, I think you can make a case for Peter Wright because he's actually a better footballer. Like, he can actually play a forward role well and he can actually play a ruck role half well. You know, Laddams can't play ruck well. He can't play forward well. He just gets lots of kicks when he runs around the ground chasing the ball. Hashtag sack Ken. But if you own Draper, are you uh, obligated to hold Wright as well? Mm, no, but you probably want to pick him up kind of early. That's the thing. Like if you're in a league like ours, oh, it depends. Like if you're keeping 25, 26, or you're keeeping 30 odd, mm. you're definitely keeping Peter Wright. Mm. But if you're in a league like ours, it's like mid range where you keep 15 or 16, you're probably putting him back and trying to get him kind of early. Because if you can get him as a, oh, what's he averaging? You got on the top of your head or what roughly? I don't really know. I don't really follow your mob that closely. Give me a second. Yeah. Because if he's averaging, if he's averaging like, you know, above, you know, 70 to 80, that kind of range. Then you could probably make a case to keep him as a forward, just given the scarcity of the forwards. But he's averaging sixty-seven point five. Nah, that's probably put back range. Yeah, mm. I thought he might be up to the seventies. But yeah, it's just funny. He's only twenty-four. Yeah, seems like he's been around for a long time. He's got plenty of time to develop. It's mm. just unless you're a number one ruck, um, then I don't it's really. It's yeah, hard. I don't really love it. Uh, lastly, Devin Smith, you need to be dropped. Uh, one goal, six touches, one free against. Just not sure what you're actually doing out there, champ. Um, and just cost you the game against the Hoffers. So that hurts the most, Dev. <laughs> if that doesn't, if that doesn't make you play, what did he need week, more? Like uh, ten he points. He needed like to score fifty or something like that. Yeah, so he needed like another twelve points. Like just. Don't give away a free and maybe <laughs> lay some tackles. Yeah, who knows? Anyway. Anyway. Hef. Collingwood versus Carlton now. Uh, John Noble, 112 points. And he's been coming off the wing or coming off the wing in this game anyway. Um, let's just watch this to see if it continues. Like he's already a pretty handy, you know, defender scorer. But yeah, he was playing defense week prior and scored 87. So he's still in good form regardless. And I think he's kind of, oh, I think he's just... I think he's actually quite widely owned at the moment, but just not 2G4P. Um, but yeah, just watch the role change because Robert Harvey could be just trying um, a few things. So if it's permanent, um, you might worry about him losing defender status next year if you're relying on him as that. But yeah, I just don't see him being a premier midfielder if that's the case. But for the remainder of this year, if he's playing off the wing and he's got defender status, he's a pretty good one to have. So I don't know. Do you find sometimes that in our in kind of leagues like what we've got and or just keep leagues in general, it's like, the DPP players, you're often just trying to time the right time before they become permanent midfielders, the good ones mm-hmm. anyway. 
I, I've been thinking lately, like sometimes you just need to lock down like a few good 70 average forwards that are going to remain forwards. Like, you know, it's when the key forwards do come into play. Like if you could, you know, load up this year, say if you could load up on like a Tex Walker, a Charlie Dixon and an Aaron Norton, which probably would have all been gettable in our draft, um, apart from Norton because he had him rookie listed. Like you'd actually have a pretty handy forward line this year. So mm. it's, it's kind of weird to think about that. But yeah, um, that was going on a bit of a tangent. But yeah, just watch the roll and see what happens. Um, could be good for this year, but could be bad for next year. That's all. Uh, Jamie Elliott, uh, 86 points, and he's had two good weeks in a row. Um, only kicked one goal and still scored okay. So he's starting to grab my attention. He's a player that gets used in the midfield a little bit as well. Um, you know, the goal is going well. So I guess there's no reason why Elliott can't go well as well. They play similar kind of roles. So if he can get that score up to an average up to about an 80 for the rest of the year, I don't think that's impossible for Jamie Elliott, especially if he's uh, kicking a few goals. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, Trey Rusko, he had 77 points and he just proved he can score more than 30, which I thought was good. But yeah, he was playing a lockdown role now. He's still scored well in the process. Um, had 12 kicks, 11 handballs at 82% disposal efficiency. So I don't think you're getting dropped uh, too soon after that. But he's added to the watch list for me just because he was a pretty reasonable junior scorer as well. I think he averaged about 83 in the Waffle Colts uh, in 2019. So he's one to just keep your eye on because he does have a bit of a fantasy pedigree um, in the background. Uh Oliver Henry, uh, he had 76 points and this was a good score, but he needed three goals to get there. So I just want to see more before um, looking at him seriously. Yes, Kaze, you want to say He's something? one that I think is going to float under the radar a bit. Okay. I reckon he's a very good player. I think he's a good player. just not sure about fantasy scorer, that's all. Because you look at his brother, like, as well. I know they're kind of different types of players, but he's a similar type of thing. Like, goes on the radar, is a good player, but not a fantasy scorer. I don't I know. know. Henry's busted out of 140 this year. Yeah, right. Okay. In the VFL and a couple of 70s. Oh, in the VFL. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant his brother. 140. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I know that's big, but I thought you meant the AFL. I was like, Jesus, I missed that. But anyway. Um, uh, anyway. Uh, Who's his brother? Isn't it Jack Henry? Who's Jack Henry? The Geelong. Is he? Are they brothers? I think so. Geelong, he's a key, def- like key defender, tall, tall defender. Yeah, I know who Jack Henry is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're brothers. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I hope I'm got that right, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Jack Henry's been pretty good, actually. Yeah, has he? A few 70s? Yeah. A couple of 90s? Say. Yeah. Get on Ollie then if they're brothers. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's had a few low scores in there as well, which doesn't, I just don't love the role of either of them, that's all. Um, look that up for me if they're brothers. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, Matthew Kennedy, he had uh, 116 points. Uh, the big question there is, is he 2G4P? So. <sighs> What I've loved about him recently, uh, he tackles hard and is actually awesome in like one-on-one marking contests around the ground. So if he can get one-on-one with his man, he generally takes the grab on top of them as well. So yeah, he's averaging 97 since coming back on the side. I think he may have even saved David uh, Teague's career for one more year as well, bringing him back in. So uh, yeah, you should start calling him ASICS because he's a genuine career saver. Um, but yeah, what do you think? 2G4P? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's got to go. Um, Definitely. And they are brothers. Yeah, thought so. Sweet. I'm glad yeah, you're no, Kennedy has just been like one of the, you know when you draft someone you kind of have some hopes for them and then they just don't do anything for so long and then all of a sudden at the end of the season they just come good? Well, he's not quick and he's not overly, overly skillful, but he's a hard worker and- He does what the, he needs to do. Exactly. Cut, cut inside. He's kind of like, dare I say, Ben Keyes. Just, you know, hard worker, not the most talented player out there. Ben Keyes the is a bit quicker than- Oh, yeah, I guess a bit Kennedy. quicker. Yeah, true, true. But just, you know, hard worker more so than relying on talent alone just works You just super need hard. a guy who just gives a shit each Heart week. Heart and soul yep. type player. Anyway, uh, moving on. Jacob Wiedering, uh, good work to Simo for having him as his uh, streamer option of the of the week in uh, his article. I put up a, on Instagram, I put up a little uh, summary of how I thought he was going to score on the weekend as well. And uh, yeah, 
he definitely delivered with his 96 points. 18 kicks, zero handballs. Yeah, love to see that, don't you? Beautiful guys? ratio. <laughs> uh, one of the yeah, similar streamers, so I mentioned that. I um, hope you put him on the field this week after, on the back of that too. So, yeah, averaging 76 for the year. Pretty reliable as your D4 or D5. I'd be taking that in my side every day of the week at the moment. Yeah. Not 2G4P, but definitely fieldable, that's for sure. He's capable. Yeah, he's, he's getting there. He's just such a – you always knew he was going to be good, you know, taking his number one draft pick. Um, Another one who seems like he's been around forever, but he's only like 23. Yeah, he'll be there for a while to come, eh? Correct. Could be with someone like your, your Jake Carlisle's, you know, that scores quite well, or your Michael Hurley's that are actually like yep. sent off backs but can average 80 quite easily. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, do you want to talk about the next player, Hef? Harry Schoenberg. Yeah. Well, look, what's the, what's the saying? One swallow doesn't make a summer. So this is his first time. Yeah. Back it up, Harry. Back it up. Who are they playing this week? I don't know. Uh, Hawthorne. Hawthorne. So it definitely could. Oh, Harry, come but on, But do you son. remember early in the season when you were like tweeting about like he had like an 80 or 90 against North where he kicked two junk time goals against a crappy team. Yeah. You're tweeting about it. I'm like, watch out for the 60 next week. And I think it was even lower than that the, the next week. So, you know, like- He was good last week. Like, yeah, he's definitely on the up. Don't get me wrong. Like, and, and I've said all along, I think he'll be a good 80 to 90 midfielder, but he's not someone you want to go all out gangbusters- you know, keeping your top 16 type thing because you'll get another second version of him. Second year, he's already busted out of 113. That there is, is many, many second year players that on the back. There's many first year players that bust so out scores like that. So you're not is that what you're saying, Hollywood? No, because you've got to back it up. I'm not going to call him, I'm going to call it over on the back of one good score, no. but I'm happy for him to get it, for sure. 24 touches, six tackles, one goal, six clearances. What an sorry, absolute sorry. Are you going to apologise about Fiorini? Oh, I hate Fiorini. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> look, just sounds like the game of an absolute gun of fantasy. That kind of a that kind of a setup. But look, he's averaging seventy seven point five in his last five, and I think he's building beautifully. No matter what Hollywood says, the issue is I think he's building good too. I just don't think he's going to be like a hundred plus disclaimer. Midfield. He's going to be a mid only next year. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's tough. He's going to be like, he's going to average what sixty five around that. That's rude. What is it? Sixty six, sixty seven. Don't talk. What is badly that about Harry Schumann? <laughs> what is it? I'm pretty sure it's like that, isn't it? It's not high. Is that what he's averaging? I don't know. I'll find it out. You keep talking. Um, no, but he's he's building beautifully. He's averaging 65 now. Yeah, 65, yeah. So you're going to keep a 65 averaging mid only next year. I kept a 50 averaging mid last year. So yeah. He's a forward this forward, year. Forward, true. But no, I'm, uh, I'm very confident that Harry's going to blossom into a very good player. Uh, Jake, yeah, yeah, good player, but good fantasy scorer. That's the question. Both. Okay. Good all-round guy. We'll wait and see. The next Ben Keys. Uh, Give me Ben Keys' roommate. Do you reckon we could actually get him on the pod next year? Definitely. I reckon we should. <laughs> I'll have to do the interview because you'll just be too biased again. And no, you no. do the whole thing where like- Yeah, I pretend I've never said a bad word about yeah, him exactly. and blame it all on you. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> where I've just kept the faith. I've, I've campaigned for these two guys for so long and then you come in and you know sweep away You've with You've got to articulate yourself better, mate. It's bullshit. <laughs> anyway- <laughs> Keezy knows that I love him. Uh, Jake <laughs> Kelly had 94 points. Uh, he's in a genuine purple patch of form uh, since the buy. 86 points in his last four games. Only 51% owned too. So if you do need defender, I think he's worth having a look at. Uh, 23 touches and eight marks. And, and the ball's been down there a bit. The Crow's been playing a bit of a, a chip kick style game at times down there. So there's a few points on offer. Um, Duda comes in this week, but I think uh, Murray's going out. So maybe means that Kelly has to lock down a bit more, but I still think there's some ball to get um, going on that back line. They're playing the Hawks this week, so they should be able to control it a bit. Um, so yeah, look, not a guy who's never been high on my list, but uh, you got to respect the form that he's in. Now, Tommy Lynch, T-shirt Tommy, 88 points from him, just came back into the side and looked like nothing had changed, just played that connector role beautifully. 
Um, and look, when he was involved, the Crows actually looked good. So, um, only 67% owned still. I think that's basically doubled since I put him on the radar a couple of weeks ago as my waiver pick. And there's zero reason why the scoring won't continue. The Crows are going okay that he's going to get a bit more ball. I think for the rest of the season, he can be a very handy, just uh, 75, 80 kind of average and um, help you you tick along in a F3, 4, 5 spot if you need him. How old is he? 30. Does he play? Is he still in contract at the end no. of the season? Does he play again next year? He'll definitely play. Will it be at the Crows is the big question. Yeah, that's the interesting one. Yeah, he'll get it. He'll get a spot somewhere, I think. He'll get it. He could, he's still last, got- kind of last He's obviously contract. had some injury issues this year, but like what he looked like on the weekend was very good and hopefully he's fit and, and coming back. But yeah, he was- um, very, I'll just very be worried about- Like, yeah, I agree. I think he will play somewhere next year in some capacity, but I'll just be worried about him uh, not being best 22 for too much longer. But mm-hmm. I guess if you just want to win games this year, then that's fine as well. F riding off Crows players again. Oh, uh, Jamie Cripps, 115 points. He had an absolute day out. Uh, looked a class above at times, kicked five goals, two, and had 25 touches. That is a, an absolute um, sensational effort. Look, he's a funny player because at his best, he's quite good, but just does not bring it week to week. He's had a couple of tons this year, but he's also had a lot of 50s and at 29, um, almost in that Jimmy, Jimmy Webster style. Just a bit of a tip of the cap, Jamie, but um, need to see it a bit more. Uh, Liam Ryan up forward 106 points from him another eagle who hit the scoreboard seven times two eagles hitting the scoreboard seven times he kicked seven goals I know he kicked four goals three but look he had a quiet first half and then came out and kicked three goals three in the second half and look that's what he can do he can turn a game on its head and and be a batch winner on his day but like Cripsy he just uh, doesn't do it regularly enough which which hurts Uh, Jack Petricelli had 97 points his best game of the season uh, two goals and 20 touches and was probably aided by Josh Kennedy being that laid out Um, he's actually played a heap of footy this year Petricelli but we just haven't seen too many good scores from him but he's one uh, I'm happy to have on a watch list going forward but nothing more than that at this stage Chef, you're a Petricelli man weren't you uh no i was a jake waterman man oh you're a waterman man yeah i think Petricelli's fast but not much other than that not much chop <laughs> um and then on to the the two kids to the eagles luke edwards had 76 points and i'm just uh, impressed each time i see him 19 touches uh, a couple of clearances too seems very composed with the footy in hand and i'm excited the eagles have been playing him um he's been a Big junior scorer. Uh, last year, he was one of the, the highest averaging uh, draftees last year. And just exciting that they're actually playing some of these kids West Coast instead of just letting them um, rot in the waffle. So, um, with Luke Shuey out, um, some positive signs for Luke Edwards going forward. I reckon he's a, he's a classy kind of player. And uh, Connor West, 76 points from him. He's had uh, some great waffle form coming into the game. So, a good score on debut was definitely no surprise. He also had 19 touches and just went in really hard. Um, real in and understanding style guy 13 contested touches from his 19 and didn't look out of place in the center at all so i think he'll definitely hold his spot uh 21 22 years old as well so he's still got plenty of footy left and uh bigger mature body which is good yeah i didn't get to see this game at all because i was talking about the overlap i was watching the carlton collingwood then straight into the GWS versus sydney but he's a player that i'm really keen to watch this week if i get the opportunity to because i just want to actually witness what he's like firsthand but uh yeah we'll move on to the GWS giants game uh versus sydney um um, not a lot to talk about for GWS as per usual because all their good players are 2G, 4P. Because you look a bit concerned. You're right there, mate? I was just seeing when West Coast were actually playing this ah, week. Ah, okay. No worries. Um, so, yeah, the only one really worth talking about is Tom Green. Had 72 points and he's playing well at the moment. Um, he's averaging 
82 from his past two. I was a bit worried with Cornelio coming back in this week, but uh, look, with uh, Kelly out now, he will miss a bit, and then Green will miss another week as well. Um, yeah, he should be fine. But I still think we're probably a year away from a breakout. That's the thing. How many mids can they just hold? You know, like yeah. I'm at, like in the the podcasters league. Like I have Hopper, and Hopper has good weeks and bad weeks, and like Taranto even has good weeks and bad weeks. And you throw Canelio, you throw Kelly, you throw mm. Green. There's so many guys in that mix, and like yeah. they all score pretty well, and they're never at the point where you can like comfortably drop them. And Tom Green's just another one that goes into this mix. Yeah, I know what you mean. Kelly is hasn't signed yet, and I think mm. if you're leaving it this late, he's probably gone. Ooh. So that's probably well, you know, if you hopefully to the Dons, you know, you think someone like Merritt, like is that Merritt signed mm. early on? Like if you're going to stay, you're probably done up by now. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's probably gone. So it might open a bit more opportunity for him. So yeah, I I, I still think he's going to be a good value player in the future. Just you might have to wait a year. That's all till that breakout properly comes. Um, Justin McInerney had 96 points. Um, he was coming off the halfback. Uh, another great game uh, from him. Uh, 96 points from 15 kicks and eight handballs. So a decent ratio there. Um, because he's been playing so much off the halfback as well, he does push up to the wing a bit still. But um, because he's been playing so much back status, he should get DPP in 2022. So might be a sneaky one to jump on. On at the moment because uh, I don't think his average is super high in uh, in AFL fantasy at the moment. Uh, what's he averaging? 66. So if whoever owns him isn't paying a lot of attention, you could get yourself, a, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a, a mid-70s, mid-80s, to 75 to 85 defender next season yeah. quite cheaply if you play it right. So, um, yeah, maybe one to have a look at. Uh, Georgie Hewitt had 95 points and he's been playing in the midfield a lot more in recent weeks. He had 30 touches on the weekend, but the gross thing was he had 10 kicks and 20 handballs. So that's a pretty bad ratio. But the thing is, because he's playing so much midfield, he's getting more opportunities to score. He's not necessarily taking them because he still had a pretty low score last week. But, you know, he's up and down each week. But listed as a defender, he's definitely one to look at. And I don't think he's played enough midfield time to lose defender status um, at all either. So if he starts to play this role a lot more permanently, then he might go okay. I personally just don't see it happening. I think he'll find his way back uh, in defence a bit later on. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested in him at the moment. Uh, Buddy Franklin, Franklin, sorry, makes the list um, just because 79 points. uh, He's old as fuck, but he can score on his day. So he's the kind of guy you can get pretty cheap and he may just win you a final every now and then, uh, you know, one of your finals by kicking four goals or something like that. So I don't mind owning Buddy Franklin just purely because you should be able to get him cheap. Don't pay too much for him, though, if you are trying to get him. Who are the Swans playing round uh, round 23? I feel like you've been trying to work this out for the last five minutes. No, no, I've been... uh, They played Gold Coast in the last week. Oh, the last week, I get you. Jeez, Buddy could feast in a grand final. Yeah, he could do. Hell, he's done it before. And they played North the week before. Yeah, jeez, that's a nice run. Yeah, Buddy Franklin is someone you could pick up. Definitely. Um, the last player we're going to talk about for the round rewind is Nick Blakey. Look, he only scored 66 points, which is not a huge score, but I just want to highlight that he is a much, much better player and fantasy player coming off the halfback. It just suits him perfectly. Like in that, he had a quiet first half, but in the second half, particularly in the third and early in the fourth, he was just a real live wire. Like, you know, running down the wings and players just chasing after him, couldn't catch him, delivering the ball. And he's got a really good disposal. So he was hitting uh, targets inside 50. He did roll his ankle late in the fourth quarter as well. So he probably should have limped over or got to a 70 at least. Um, but didn't quite get there with the uh, with the injury. But he came back on real late. I don't know why. He did nothing and the game was basically done. But got back on late, so he probably won't miss this week. He'll be fine. Um, but yeah, uh, I think he's just probably worth looking at, especially if he gets defender status next year. I personally think he probably won't play enough in defense to get the back status this year. Although he's played three games now. If he does it for another five, that's eight games. Maybe it is. But if he is a mid-only, I wouldn't stress too much. I think he'll, they'll end up playing him here from now on. So, um, yeah, I'm glad something actually came of uh, Nick Blakey because um, he was looking at the worst keeper in the world. Probably still is. 
<laughs> sure, Pete Laddams is still there. Yeah, yeah Caulfield's still there. Pete Laddams is actually averaging okay, isn't he? It's just uh, I know that's yeah, those terrible games at the start, but he's, when he was rucking, oh, when he was rucking, he had like four eighty plus scores in a row. So he's just not didn't get the number one rock roll. Anyway, um, thanks for listening to the round rewind. Uh, if you want to support the, uh, I guess the research we do each weekend to bring you the best keeper league specific uh, AFL fantasy players, uh, please consider becoming a member and supporting the podcast. Um, just to keep us going each week and cover all our costs and all that. Um, but in return, uh, you'll receive uh, AFL fantasy projections, stately fantasy scores, the breakout tracker, um, as well as many other great fantasy resources for classic draft and keeper league so if you're keen to get involved head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or click the link in the description below and sign up today now because we started reading out um 10 uh names each week because we need to get through them i think we should get through them all if we read 10 we might have to start reading 15 who knows but awesome. uh we're getting close but right. uh thank you to the following gold members um josh hutchins uh gabe Feeneman. Uh, Michael Kromoloff. Jeez, there's some tricky names here. <laughs> uh, Paul Summerson. Paul's a good mate of mine, so g'day, Paul, and thanks for supporting the show. Uh, Wayne Rushton. Matthew uh, Connolly. Or was it Connell? Not really sure. Connell. Connell Lay. Let's go with that. Uh, Todd Coleman. Um, Sam Scarabaletti. Lee Whiting. And Kim Dillon. Now, I, I really hope that is the <laughs> ex, uh, was it Channel 9 uh, yeah. sports, sports, reporter. sports reporter in Adelaide who got sacked famously on his birthday. Uh, in uh, on his birthday. Yeah, there was a big meme page about it on uh, Facebook about uh, bring back Kim Dillon. And it was like, they sacked him on his birthday. How dare they? Well, that sort of That's stuff. a rough birthday. That is a rough birthday. But uh, actually, when, we, when that meme page was going around, I actually saw Kim Dillon out in a bar in Adelaide and got a photo with him. And he thought it was hilarious. That, and he knew about the page and everything. Thing and stuff. It was pretty funny. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't think it's just Kim Dillon. I think he's supposed to name with a Y, though, which is that. But apart from that, <laughs> yeah, well, thank you it's to pretty the, close. Thank you to the gold members, anyway, for, uh, and thank you, Kim Dillon, um, the other Kim Dillon, for uh, signing up. But anyway, uh, that's all of the member read, and we'll move on to the projection segment. All right, before we get into our projection picks for the week, Casey's is going to do his state league numbers and tell us some of the better scorers in the Waffle and the Sandful on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Only Waffle and Sandful, obviously, with uh, VFL not playing. But heck, Jake Waterman, 160 points from him in the Waffle. We have 30 touches and kicked four goals, one outstanding game. Uh, Kieran Strawn just continues to dominate the Sandful. 45 hitouts, uh, 25 touches for 147 points. Big Billy Frampton back in the twos. Had 31 touches and took 13 marks. Played across half-back, which is uh, a bit of a change-up for Big Billy. 125 points from him. How few will be excited that Xavier Durzma had 125 points? Well, especially because I own him in our keeper league. And I'm getting, we got the last round, which I'm not going to make finals. So I get to run him for one week this week. Beautiful. Hopefully, Jed Anderson can come back as well. But he hasn't played because of the VFL. And they yeah. just like to give him a second game. So I don't think he's going to make a return for my team this year, which is sad. Anyway, 27 touches and two goals for Durz. Alex Witherden, 121 points from him him 24 kicks alone Connor Blakely had 32 touches also hit the scoreboard four times for four points but had 119 points was Blakely uh, Hamish Hartlett the uh, Sandville midfielder 110 points from him Sam Hayes 101 points 32 hitouts Braden Ainsworth had 99 points for West Coast and Jackson Haightley features with a 95 point game uh, for the Crowies 
All right, uh, let's get into the projection picks. We'll pick a captain, a loophole, and a streamer and a waiver wire uh, each week. So captains have to be a bit left field. You, uh, we set out the side of the top ten, but you had a crack at me for going too easy, even though it was outside of the top ten. So now I've made usually outside the top twenty now. So that's what I'm trying to go for. And I'm just going super rare, and they're coming through. Yeah, so is mine though. Carl Except Amon Sean last Darcy week. would have gone even bigger if he didn't get injured. Yeah, Carl Amon had 130, so hopefully we uh, went big on that last week. Uh, who have you got this week? I've got Shannon Hearn. Uh, you didn't send me any data this week, Hef, so this is all remedy can butcher gut feel. Look, Shannon Hearn has had six tons this season, four 90s, a 70, and one injured score of like eight uh, against the Saints, who I think they're playing this week. I don't even know. It's fucked. But um, look, the Eagles are a million times better scoring team when they play at home, which they they are this week. Uh, Hearns is taking all the plus threes from those kick-ins. I reckon he's going to score a 120 this week. Big bung. 120 for Hearn. Yeah, I'm okay. calling it. All right, cool. I'm looking forward to what happens. I got him in uh, the podcast league, I think, so I'd be happy if that happens. Uh, you won't captain him. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Although I had Grundy last week and uh, yeah, maybe I will. Who knows? Uh, Luke Dunstan is my captain of this week. Uh, average 105 up the stadium. Um, that's if they end up playing there. Um, he's averaging 105 from his uh, last three. Had 101 the last time he played against him as well. He's averaging 103 for the season. She's so in good form. So I think if you really need to find someone, Luke Dunstan could be a man for the captain this week. Uh, who's yours, Kate? Um, my streamer, yeah, sorry, my loophole, loophole this week, I had it as uh, Sonny Walters, but then they changed the games around. So a late in for my loophole of the week is Cam Zerha. Now, he's basically been unstartable uh, this season, but uh, has really hit back the last few weeks, um, getting a heap of touches and kicking some snags too. So I reckon what I love about Zerha, he's playing Carlton this week, so there is the opportunity to score. Um, we've seen him bust out a ton uh, two weeks ago. Had another solid score um, against who they played last week? Uh, Essendon, your boys. Played Essendon, yeah. 78 there. So, look, he's averaging 80 in his last five games, which is a very nice little effort. Only averaging the 64 across the season. So, I reckon he's one you could uh, have as a loophole off and they play the second game this week. So, the Zerha could come good for you. Uh, at the moment, um, Port are playing Collingwood on Friday night. So, I've gone a player from that game, but I think that may change for a fly-in, fly-out at some stage. Apparently, I don't think they want Collingwood staying here um, with all the COVID stuff that's going yeah. on. So, oh, is it? What are they going to do? Just if they stay in a hotel, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's. You guess you can't make crazy. you can't make exceptions for if you've got one rule for you know one you got to have a rule for everyone. But it's true. They're the, they're the type of player you can put on a private flight, private bus, get them to the ground, straight back to the airport, chug on a flight again, or you know put take take them to a hotel, book out a floor. AFL can afford that shit, can't they? I don't know. They're so rich. Anyway. Um, maybe not anymore. Um, but yeah, Trent McKenzie's mine for this week in that game. So he's the old defenders against Collingwood uh, rule, but he averaged 71 against, 71 against them, which is quite good considering he's had some pretty crap scores against them uh, in the past. But uh, look, he's averaging 80 from his last three. And it depends what sort of role he plays against Collingwood, but they don't really have the toughest four line to play against. Not, not a lot of tools. And they tend to use their rucks up there a lot. Um, and then they rely on the smaller types for goals. So that should make good for him so he won't have to play as lockdown he should be an intercept a bit more so um, yeah should be good for a few marks and he does take a few kick-ins as well so I reckon he'll score okay this weekend uh, put him on your bench loophole him uh, if he gets a 70 or so I think you'd take that from Trent McKenzie so let's move on to our streamer case yes I'm going to go with my boy Justin McInerney uh, still only 50% owned but uh, only 40% started as well now they play um 
Frio on the weekend. I reckon he could get a nice easy game against the Dockers there. Um, he had 96 on the weekend. He's averaging 79 in his last five. Just loving that roller cross halfback. Guys are mid only. I think, um, you know, it's a 50-50 call to start someone like McInerney. But I like the matchup against the Dockers. So my Ruben Butcher gut feel is telling me to start him this week. I've gone with John Noble, and I guess his past three, you probably should be starting him, but I did look at the um, percentage started on Ultimate Footy, and it was under 70%, so it falls into the criteria. A few people might have moved him on after this week, so that might rise in the coming days, but uh, at the time, uh, yeah, it wasn't high, so I thought he qualified. But he averages 72 against Port Adelaide, um, and it, like I said earlier, he's getting a run on the wing, which is pretty juicy for his fantasy scoring. Uh, averaging 88 from his last three, which I mentioned, uh, should be good for an 80 this week. Waiver wire pick of the week if for me is Lockie Bramble. Uh, still only 37% own, which I'm um, quite shocked is not more. Uh, averaging 65 in his five games this season. Had that 73 on the weekend against the Ds. Look, that halfback role is very juicy at Hawthorne at the moment and uh, with really no contest spots with injuries, um, there's plenty of points up for grabs. So um, Brisbane, they're playing still, are they? Checking. Oh, no, no, they're not. They're <laughs> playing the Crows. Fuck this Damn note. <laughs> They're playing the Crows. Um, look, he could get That's still some, not bad. It's still pretty good because um, the Crows don't have the greatest disposal efficiency going inside forward 50. So I reckon Brownville can get some nice chips around in the open spaces of the Adelaide Oval. And uh, yeah, he even took it upon himself to take a few kick-ins last week. Just uh, said, boys, give it to the five gamer. I'll kick it out. He's last like week, that. Last week I had him as my loophole and now he's back to the waivers. What's going on there, Kev? But anyway- it's different. It's just like <laughs> it's when I when I nominated Sharp, and then the week I was not on the pod. You've claimed Sharp as your waiver. I picked I, up of the week. Oh, I, that's different though. Like I, he was, he was still under the percentage. I wasn't claiming him as like still the under guy the percent here too. I wasn't claiming him as the guy who discovered him. Although it was pretty obvious because he was a good underage fantasy scorer. But anyway, oh. uh, average more than Matt Rowe as a underager. So well, you should have drafted him then. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Jake Kelly is my waiver of the week. Twenty eight percent owned. Had ninety four percent points last week. Averaging seventy eight from his last five. So um, yeah. Adding out from his last three. Scoring well. I can't actually explain why he's scoring well. I have no idea why he's didn't watch the Crows on the weekend as well. So I didn't really get a good look at him, but he just is. So um, yeah, pick up Jake. Back Kelly. in the form. That's it. You got to do it. Um, yeah, if you want more uh, projections or get some more wave wire picks or the State League fantasy scores to uh, help you out with your Keeper League teams, uh, sign up as a member to uh, at you Click the membership button. And uh, yeah, you can have access to all of those. But Kays, I absolutely love our listeners because like you put the call out for help and mm-hmm. these guys respond. So we have a new review this week after not getting one last week or for the last few weeks and we kind of got to the bottom of the barrel. We've had a couple of new ones in, so thank you for getting those in. They uh, help us climb the charts each week. So please keep them coming in. Don't stop now that we've got a couple. But uh, yeah, thank you for you know rising to the occasion, rising to the call and actually getting some reviews in. So this one's from Masters 21 and he says, uh, or they say, uh, great listening, uh, love the work, guys. Always makes my Mondays better listening to your insights. Keep up the good work with a thumbs up emoji. So I don't think there's a better compliment than a Hell thumbs up yeah. emoji. Thumbs so, up emoji. Yeah. Thank you, Masters 21 And uh, yeah, keep those reviews coming in, please. Moving into the listener questions. Uh, first one comes from uh, Mitchell Swan. So, and I just want to apologize to Mitchell Swan because he actually asked it last week and he did send it on Instagram and I, I barely like 
check that because when I get to the show doc, I like go to the socials and I usually just go Facebook, Twitter and look at the comments or the messages, but I always forget to check Instagram and I said an answer it last week on the pod and I completely forgot to because he DM'd it to me. Right. So, uh, yeah, sorry, Mitchell Swan, but the uh, the question is um, long-term draft league with 20 keepers, uh, Taron Thomas, does he keep DPP next year? I drafted him early this year and have been very impressed with his form. What do you think, Case? Does he keep DPP? I think so. Yeah, I think if not, um, I think if not, he's going to be one of those players that at least ultimate footy kind of hangs on to, you know, how they kind of have an extra five or so at the end. Mm-hmm. I think like he's playing quite a bit of midfield time, but he is playing, you know, a fair bit of, uh, you know, time up forward as well. So I don't know. I think he's at the moment, he's borderline. I'm just going to get his heat map up here and have a look at the season heat map because that does have some, a bit of influence on, uh, yeah, how they select him from next year. His heat map looks very midfield. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I still think if the worst case is he'll be one of those extra ones that ultimate footy add on, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. I think he looks like one who would be a forward just to the, the eye yeah. or the, the pub test or whatever. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bank on it long term, that's for sure. No. So, anyway. Uh, at Ninja Spoon, one asks, uh, did Kays watch Alice in Borderland and in, if, in lockdown, I guess? Yes. And if so... Which player from his keeper league would he take into a spades tag game? I have no idea what this is about. I haven't watched it either. It's okay. on my list. It actually looks sick. Did you mention something about that last uh, week? No, nah, I put out some requests to like see what I should oh, watch on TV. Yeah. Ninja Spoon. Ninja Spoon's good for that. Uh, is, no, some, but the, yeah. I've watched the um, trailer and it looks sick. It's okay. basically like the world ends basically and everyone's like they're in Tokyo and they're stuck in like a um, video game. Oh, really? Yeah, it looks actually that really sick. It does actually sound pretty sick. Yeah. I just haven't had the time to see Oh, is it a TV it. series? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's, like oh. only, like, it's only like eight, eight episodes. I'll battle with like that. that. I don't know. I'm struggling. I can't find now to watch a movie these days. But uh, look, maybe uh, in some score. Once, once, I once, will watch it. I'm once footy season it. finishes, I'll have heaps of time. So That's basically what's chomping up all my time. Yeah. Last week was a bit of a big week. But yeah, I, um, I watch haven't watched it, but I'm super keen and I will reply to that question whenever I do watch it because I'm right. actually keen. All right, cool. Um, at uh, TTQ... Zero three. Has Tim English finally figured out how to win hitouts based on his last five games? Uh, is he finally becoming what we thought he would become? From memory, he's had some, memory, he's had some pretty easy matchups in the last few weeks, but he's been putting up some. Well, no, I think he had a few stinkers. Then the last two, he's been quite good from memory. Um, I don't know. Should have researched well, this one a bit more. They but played, he played. Um, what's his name? I played Gold Coast on the weekend. He played so Chris Burgess. That's yeah, right. So he's yeah. 37 points. He's, uh, 37 hitouts is fine there. Sydney had 21 hitouts against Tom Hickey. Only had the 17 against um, Goldie at North Melbourne. Had 23 against Nick now, which is a fair effort, and 29 against um, whoever fuck rock for Geelong. So that's, getting, the, that's the game he was big. He's in, yeah. getting he's getting better. Um, look, he's going to play Rob. No, who are they playing this week? I don't know, okay. You've been, on the, you've been on the fixture Melbourne. all night. He's going to play Max Gordon this week, so he's not going to get that many. But uh, look, he's still being super serviceable heading up forward. Like he's kicking a goal most games, you know, I'm, I'm confident. They've got no other option. I think Martin's still injured and they don't really want to play sweet by the look. So yeah. he's going to be rocking. Who's been there? Has it been Young, their second ruck? Or? Mm. Yeah, so they've been doing a bit of pinching with him. Yeah, so yeah, I think as soon as, as long as he's a solo ruck, you can rely on him. And I don't think, I don't think they're going to play the other two that much I don't reckon it while he's in this form so I think he's pretty safe for now but um, yeah he may he may be on the on the path he may be on the path yeah it's getting close um, at Isaac underscore WF where do you see seedsman value average around 100 for the year but I don't feel I can get much for him what do you think 
Um, it's probably a fair point because at the start of this year, uh, he went super late in our um, home league because- it wasn't expected to be No one 22. even saw he'd be playing. Yeah. And now he's, yeah, what, 90, 96 average this season. Yeah. 29, so he's kind of getting towards the back end. The thing with Seed is he's had a few actually good scores this year, 137, 121, but it's kind of seems that he's that, you know, 100 110 is kind of like his max out normal. So, I once think, again, it's that wing roll and the wing roll can either be hot or cold. I think long-term, the Crows don't want to use players like him. They want to kind of transition away from these older types that have been around for ages and start getting some, you know, more draft picks, you know, close to first rounders and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I think long-term is probably why you're not going to get the value for him because you might have another good season out of him. And after that, it could get pretty dicey. But is it, could he end up being like Aaron Hallmark too? Like, we just don't think he's best 22. Then all of a sudden he comes in and just gets some junk role in the back line. And, you know, mm. they, they decide yeah. they want to play Chase Jones on the wing or something. And then they just go, oh, Seed, we need you to kick it 60 metres. So, I don't know. Start in the back pocket. I, I guess don't know. you've got Brody Smith back there, but it's, he's younger than Seedsman, isn't They're he? about the same about age. About the same age, yeah. yeah. Just. And I don't think they're going to take any of the other kids out from back in their defence. So, I don't know. I think they just need to. I think if Crow's looking at their next premiership side, Seedsman's definitely not in it. So. It's peripheral if he is. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're kind yeah. of stuck. You're probably better off just holding him because he's yeah, still same. a 96 yeah, yeah, exactly. average mid. Yeah. Like, it's not the worst. But don't think, don't don't be surprised when coaches don't get, you know, sucked into his average mm. as in terms of value. That's all. Because I think it's probably about right. Um, at Trav014 asks, uh, maybe or Chol, does he stay at Richmond and lock down a spot or look elsewhere? Um, same for Cousins. So, I guess maybe or Chol... Would he be number one rucket many clubs? Without Gold Coast injuries. Anyone? <laughs> yeah, Gold Coast. Anyone yeah. Be number one rocket? She went to Gold Coast. Coast. Yeah, I'd go. To, you'd go to Gold Coast, but they got Wits coming back. So yeah, but Wits is old. Yeah, true. They need. A, he's a. He's one of the like a Coleman Jones or a, a Chole is like a prime candidate for a Gold Coast gig. Yeah, correct. Perhaps Gold Coast, but I think that's probably only even as a second be. forward to play as as you know um, King Foil up there. So yeah. Um, I just don't know if Charles was just that good. That's all. Like as good as other ruckman in the competition. I still don't. If he stays at Richmond, he's going to be behind Nank. He's going to be behind um, Soldo when he comes back from his ACL. So yeah, he's third or fourth cab off the rank. True. There, so he's probably, probably better looking. James yeah. Cousins. I'm not sure. It's kind of strange he's not getting a game at um, Hawthorne at the moment, considering how light on they are. But um, he's got fantasy value. I don't know if he's got a heap of. Real footy value, that might be his problem. I think that's probably more the problem with Cousins. Um, but yeah, if he, if he gets a role somewhere else, but you think, you'd think if you could get a game at Hawthorne, you could get a game anywhere. So mm. if you're not getting a game, you're going to struggle at other places too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, another question from at Trav014. Um, okay, this is a good one. Most memorable piece of TV show furniture? Uh, the Central Perk couch for mines. I think that's a friend's <laughs> reference there. Mm-hmm. What, what's yours? Uh, I was trying to think about this today. There's been a few famous couches. The Simpsons couch is the first one that comes to my mind. Yeah. But then probably, I don't know if you count this, this is more of an appliance, but I'm thinking more like the fridge in Seinfeld because Kramer's mm-hmm. just always raiding it. Always in the fridge. Yeah. yeah. That's so a good one. that's the, that probably one of the main ones for mine. Well, there's been some good couches, like the couch that they all set around on that 70s show. That was one of my favourite shows never, growing never up. Watched that, that uh, never watched that 70s show. Never watched Friends either. Mighty Crane's really ugly little recliner. Yeah, on, I remember, yeah, I know that one. Yep. It's a great yeah. show, Frasier. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a very... Very left field question. Yeah, I'm not a bit. I'm not that much of a sitcom type of watcher. Like I, I love like a sitcom. Yeah, I like a good long winding TV minute, series. Twenty minutes of like 
yeah. attention span is all I've got. Yeah. Nah. Superstore is an amazing show on uh, Netflix if anyone's watching that. I've yeah. just gone into that. It's a great little 20 minute. Oh, look, I'll, I might get into that when footy season's finished and I have some time on my hands, but right now it's at a premium. Anyways, that's a uh, Zambrero wrap. So thanks for listening once again. Uh, thanks for coming back into the studio this week, Case. Um, hopefully we can do it again next week. Well, hopefully um, we can do it at the Brewboys. Yeah, sorry. Hopefully, yeah, that's right. hopefully we can do it at Brewboys. That's where we're actually supposed to be recording. So make sure you get along to that. Uh, I'm definitely going to be sending Case home with a uh, goodie bag full of microphones and recording interfaces and things like that. So just in case we do get thrown into a bit of a lockdown uh we can continue the podcast next week so don't stress but hopefully the footy can continue mm-hmm. it's gonna be very tricky they're running out of states you can actually play footy in at the moment so uh yeah it's gonna be interesting we'll have to wait and see maybe they'll bring all the derbies forward although they've already had all of them so yeah you can't really do that either poor foresight gil yeah you just have to do the the clubs that are in the same states no that's not even gonna work they can, they're not gonna change again i think if this round can't go go ahead as fixed this is gonna have to be called off but i think it'll get there AFL will find some sort of exemption. They'll they'll plead with the state government. They'll get there. But uh, yeah, it's a bit worrying, that's all. Anyways, uh, get around us on our socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Keeper League Pod on all of those. Uh, Make sure you drink Remedy and eat Zambrero. Uh, You support the sponsors. You support us. So uh, yeah, make sure you keep looking after them. Uh, Keep sending it. If you do order order any Remedy using the code or grab a Zambrero burrito, just send us a photo of it. We love seeing it. Uh, Look, you know, we we don't, because it's organized by a third party, we don't see it actually if the, the code's actually um, paying off or if people are actually using it so yeah if you do stuff like that uh, yeah we like seeing it and thanks for sending those in the listeners that do and uh, yeah that's about it for this week Casey anything else from you? No Alright you already got Life's great out already of lockdown texting. It's great Yeah You've had a good three or four days No I'm Being abused on Discord by DOS Oh really? Oh shit yeah I've got, I had three text messages from him as well um, I don't know maybe just delete the Discord app that's what I do All my socials are gone Anyway uh We'll talk to you next week and uh, yeah, we'll see you later. Catch you guys.